Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Mixed Feelings. I am your host, Natalie Roach, back after a hiatus, which I will explain a little bit more in the segment of this podcast that talks about myself. And this is a podcast about my feelings, my take on cultural events, happenings, phenomena, and events. Did I already say events? Anyways, thank you so much for listening. For those of you who are new, thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you returning, thanks for hanging in there. I apologize for the hiatus. And I would like to say if you have any comments or questions about this podcast, I would be delighted to hear from you. You can get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm at Natalie C. Roach. That is just like it sounds, N-A-T-A-L-I-E-C-R-O-A-C-H. And if you would like to submit a listener question, please feel free to do so. Either on Twitter, just use the hashtag mixed feelings so they know that you want it on the show. And if you would like to email it in, you can certainly do that at allmymixedfeelings at gmail.com. Allmymixedfeelings at gmail.com. Just how it sounds. Mixed feelings was already taken, everyone. Although now thinking about it, I could have looked at Mixed Feelings podcast. But what's done is done. It's all my mixed feelings at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. So starting off as we always do with the world, what's going on in the world? It's a little bit dated now, but the Oscars happened on March 3rd, I believe it was. I think the Sunday or maybe March 4th. The Oscars happened and The Shape of Water won. Not too surprising. I think a lot of people predicted that that would happen. I kind of thought that that would happen because it was the safe choice. To give it to Get Out was a commentary on racial issues. To give it to Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri was kind of a commentary on uh, gender-based violence. Uh, If you wanted to give it to Call Me By Your Name, it was a commentary on same-sex relationships. And some might argue also um, a sexual relationship between an underage and a minor. Wait an overage in a minor or an adult in a minor, so to speak. So the safe choice one, The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro had a, I thought, a pretty pretty good acceptance speech talking about, you know, it's not every day that an immigrant from Mexico wins best picture and best, uh, best director. So congratulations to you, Guillermo del Toro. I thoroughly enjoyed your exhibit at the AGO. Kevin and I went there in, in the winter and I felt very trendy and cool, which is pretty hard for me these days, not going to lie. I'm not exactly feeling like I'm choo-chooing on the hip train, so to speak. But anyways, so that happened. And congratulations, obviously, to Jordan Peele. So happy that you won Best Original Screenplay for Get Out. What an amazing movie. I think anyone who listens to this podcast is very aware of how I feel about Get Out. So that happened. There's also International Women's Day. I worked from home that day, so I feel as if I missed out on a lot of the festivities, but my friend Colleen sent out just a lovely message to to all my female friends. I I actually deleted the text, so I'm just paraphrasing, but she was basically saying to all my female friends, thank you for being such a wonderful presence in my life. I feel grateful to be friends with such strong, powerful, um, smart women, and it felt really good to hear that. It It was a lovely group text message that went around, and my prediction is that I think... I think that we're in the golden age right now of International Women's Day where it still really feels like a time to just honor the essence of the women in your life and the well the positive women in your life and the positive impact that they have on your life. I think that give it three more years we're going to start seeing cards and gifts and I think it's going to start to be a little bit more commercialized so I really think savor it savor International Women's Day for the next few years while it's still in its grassroots kind of phase before before Hallmark 
Hallmark rather and Amazon get its get their claws into it and start having International Women's Day week sales. Come on. Really? What are you going to do? Put Tampax on sale? It's a little insulting, isn't it? Anyways, enjoy International Women's Day before it becomes commercialized. And last, but definitely not least, because this is not an individual that is uh, least in in his presence, so to speak, Doug Ford won the leadership for the Progressive Conservative Party. That was a shock. That was a real shock. Apparently, it was very contested. Uh, Christine Elliott actually, um, before the votes were tabulated very late on Saturday night, uh, contested it, and uh, but there was a recount, and it was shown that Doug Ford was the was the winner. And I listened to his interview from Metro Morning or on Metro Morning rather this morning. Um, no, his interview was yesterday, but I listened to it today via the Metro Morning podcast. And uh, the host asked him, has there ever been a time that you have changed your mind? And the reason why the host of Metro Morning asked this, and I'm not saying Mac Alloy because Mac Alloy is on vacation, I imagine, on March break with his kids. And I don't remember the host's name. But the host asked Doug Ford, have you ever changed your mind? And this was asked because Doug Ford has accused his um, co-runners at the time of being flip-floppers. And he said, well, haven't you ever changed your mind given, you know, evidence that shows that your original line of thinking was wrong? Straight up, Doug Ford was like, no. He's like, nothing's coming to mind. He said, nothing is coming to mind. I'm sure in my life, you know, I'm an adult. There's times that I've changed my mind, but uh, none of them is coming to mind. And you know what? I gotta say, it was kind of like, there's some power to that. There is some power and some confidence in just saying, no. If I believe in something, I believe in it and I just roll with it. I mean, it's obviously also at times incredibly problematic to be that rigid in your thinking, but... This morning, for some reason, Doug Ford, I'll go as far to say that I found it refreshing, despite my better judgment on your leading this party in general. But uh, this morning, that gave me a little bit of a little bit of motivation for my day. You know what? Today, I'm just going to stand by what I believe, regardless of the consequences. And so that's what's happening in the world. What is happening with me? You know what, everyone, I'm just going to say it. It happens to the best of us. I was feeling I was feeling a little discouraged about the podcast. For some reason, I just felt like there was a lot of technical issues that I felt like I couldn't solve, and I'm a bit of a bit of a type A personality, whatever that means. I'm a bit of a not a I'm not a perfectionist. It's more when I see a box with a tax nest to it, I I live for putting a check marks in that box. And I couldn't put a check marks in a few box boxes around this cat- around this podcast. I couldn't put a check marks in the box. That is really hard to say. I couldn't put a check in the box of change your podcast artwork picture. I tried. I dove deep into a bunch of online forums and I couldn't do it. So you still have my old podcast art, which has all the letters cut off, even though I figured out how to make new podcast art. I couldn't figure out how to upload it. So I was feeling discouraged about that. I was feeling discouraged about the fact that I couldn't figure out why my microphone stopped working. I just, I plugged it in and was like, does not recognize microphone. So that I was feeling discouraged about. And then I started to feel discouraged about, am I hip? Am I really someone who's able to comment on current events and things like that? And you know what? Someone called me on it. And I'm, I'm just going to say someone at work said, oh, it sounds like you're 
Sounds like you've got a block. Sounds like you've got a block. And those aren't things that should really be blocking you. Like technical issues shouldn't be blocking you. Shout out to you, Hannah, if you're listening to this. I really appreciate that. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So what I've got, you know, my not not up to snuff, some may say ghetto podcast art. But it it's there. I did my best. The wars might be cut off, but it's there. Maybe I'm just, you know, maybe that's just a box that's going to be left checked but in pencil and I'll erase that check mark if I ever do figure out how to change it and I figured out how to plug in my microphone and make it work again it's pretty rudimentary you just had to plug it in and before you open the recording program so but I still figured it out and I was proud of myself so I'm back the point of the matter is I'm back I'm just letting you all know that I'm certainly not immune to you know setbacks roadblocks it happens to the best of us but moving on, I'm just going to update people. I, this weekend, was supposed to go to Blue Mountain for a ski weekend with our friends. Kevin went, God bless his heart, because I wanted him to go and have a good time. I wasn't able to go because I was sick. So I had a lot of time to uh, nest this weekend, so to speak. Did a lot of cleaning. Did a lot of uh, watching Queer Eye on Netflix. Highly recommend it. It's amazing. Queer Eye, it's so good. I, I mean... That's probably going to be a recommendation at the end of this episode as well, so that I can just fangirl on it so hard. Queer Eye Netflix is so good. It's the reboot of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. They dropped for the Straight Guy, but they definitely do. Um, someone who identifies as gay on it. It was, it was, it's so great. Highly recommend it. So watch a lot of that. And yes, I was definitely sick this weekend, but I was definitely looking forward to hanging out with everyone. I was also looking forward to the Scandinav spa. I booked a massage. I was going to go to the hot bath. It was going to be fantastic. Something I'll be honest with you that I was not really looking forward to. I am not much of a ski snowboard kind of a gal. I mean, let's be real. When I was in high school and when I was a kid, I was tipping the scales, everyone, quite literally. I mean, I was 300 pounds. And let me tell you, I had real fear about breaking skis. I mean, I'm sure that that's actually probably physically impossible. I don't know if someone could actually be heavy enough to get on skis and snap them in half. But I I had a serious fear about that. Not to mention, I knew that the guy behind the ski rental counter was going to be probably cute. I didn't want to write down my real weight on the form. I didn't want to say, because they asked for your weight on the form. And I didn't want to write down, you know... 295 pounds but then if I lied and didn't write that down they would give me something that I feared would be inadequate to support my weight and thus break so I never went skiing or snowboarding in high school it wasn't until I lost a significant amount of weight that I had the confidence to you know go and fill out the rental form adequately but by that point I'd lost the you know fearlessness of youth and not to mention the cartilage of youth And so what I'm saying is Blue Mountain to me is more of a Scandinav hot baths, massage, maybe walk on a trail, maybe tubing kind of weekend. But I still missed it. I would have been really cool to hang out with everyone. So that's how I'm doing. But the topic for this week, not a great segue, I apologize. But I guess the segue is feeling like a bit of an imposter as a podcaster. I did. Part of me in my little hiatus here, my little, you know, self, 
Neurotic? Yeah, I guess you could call it a neurotic, a neurotic hiatus, or I was just a little too into my feelings on it. I felt almost as like I'm a, I'm a podcast imposter. Who am I to be doing this podcast? Like I can't even upload the art, can't figure out how to use a microphone. I don't know how to edit things. I don't know how to do intro music and outro music. So why don't I just give up? So basically I felt like an imposter, which now second time around does bring me quite well to the topic of the week and the topic of the week is just that imposter syndrome and forgive the noise in the background there's noise in the background because rather than opening up a browser page i am opening up a book that's right i took my research this week from a book called presence by amy cuddy and for those of you who aren't familiar with amy cuddy she is fantastic amy cuddy is the um woman from I think one of the most watched TED Talks of all time called Power Posing. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, And I had the pleasure of seeing her speak actually at the Sony Center when she came to town. It was amazing. But this topic is actually courtesy of um, Anika. Thank you very much. Shout out to Anika. This was her idea. She said you should totally do imposter syndrome as your topic for the week. And what is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is defined as an internal experience of intellectual phoniness in which women fear having what they believe to be their true abilities or lack thereof exposed. And what's interesting is that this was initially something that was viewed as being unique to women in some of the initial research that happened on it. Um, And this was studies that were done typically with high achieving, typically upper class or middle to upper class white white. Uh, post-secondary attending women. But these researchers and others decided to expand this and look across genders, look across uh, socioeconomic lines, look across education lines, look across racial boundaries, look across um, uh, like country of origin. And this actually holds true across many different cultural, ethnic, gender, socioeconomic status um I guess, dimensions, this feeling of being an imposter and that your true abilities or quote unquote, as as the researcher said, lack thereof will be exposed. And I really find this fascinating. This concept is something that as soon as I started reading about it when I first read this book and after hearing Amy Cuddy speak, I thought, I can't believe that other people feel this way. I always feel like I'm Okay, I I shouldn't say so much now, but earlier in my career, definitely up to probably about maybe even a year ago, maybe even a year ago, just feeling like a fraud, feeling like people are going to actually find out that I don't really know what I'm talking about. I don't really know what I'm doing. And I always thought that that was because I'm not a subject matter expert. I'm not a subject matter expert in the field that I'm in, which is mental health. I feel as if I'm my skill set is more. Yes, I have two degrees in psychology, but those are dated, yo. Like I graduated in 2007. No, that's not true. I didn't graduate in 2007. I graduated in, I didn't even, I graduated my undergrad in 2007. I graduated my master's degree in 2011. But 
that was seven years ago. And I don't really keep up to date on a lot of mental health info, aside from kind of more professional development opportunities or things that come across my desk. But I'm not actively doing research in the field or working with clients and, you know, know the latest treatment modalities. And I always felt like people are going to expose me for being some kind of fraud. It wasn't until I started to realize, no, I do have like a skill set. It's in planning, coordinating, initiating, um, you know, working across institutions, being able to bring diverse perspectives on mental health together. It wasn't until I started, you know, honoring that as being a real skill set. I think that I always thought that what really counts as being like an engineer or a nurse or a doctor where you actually have subject matter expertise on, you know, a certain topic. And then I just kind of realized I do have subject matter expertise. It's just not necessarily on a discrete topic, so to speak. It's on many different topics, but I have certainly struggled with feeling like an imposter. And I just, I would love to know what your experiences of it are. I found for me what helps combat it, and they mention this as well, is, is, in the book is checking yourself, really asking yourself, do I lack the capabilities to do what it is I am being engaged to, asked to, or just simply have decided to do? And if the answer is no, you're building up your repertoire of confidence in your abilities. And Amy Cuddy like links all of this back to the this idea of presence and how do you how do you have authentic presence and in order to have authentic presence you need to believe in yourself and believe in yourself as an authentic capable relevant individual and she said a lot of this can actually be done physically by standing taller by like you know by actually what she recommends is power posing doing the superwoman pose putting your hands up in the air when you're at meetings don't slouch forward sit up straight in your chair don't cross your arms have your arms like on the table away from your body lean in Sheryl Sandberg but just this idea that we can actually our bodies actually tell our minds what to believe a lot better than our minds tell our bodies what to believe so I think that my tips are I definitely actively do this at meetings when I feel myself with my arms crossed, kind of leaning back from the table, my legs crossed, I will actively uncross my arms, put them kind of hands on the table out to the sides, lean in and just have a bigger presence, sit up straighter. And that does help me feel like a more legitimate participant in a meeting and also checking myself for those moments when I feel super insecure. So there's definitely super certain settings where that's triggered a bit more, especially when I'm with a group of people who I view to be subject matter experts in a certain topic, I'll start to denigrate my own experience. And I've gotten a lot better at checking myself in those moments and saying, no, my experience is valid. I do have things to contribute. I do have skill set and experience and wisdom that is of value to people. I found too something that was corrective for me was hearing my words reflected back to me from other people. So when I started making recommendations or suggested wording or here's an initiative I think would be a good idea and seeing that get taken up by others that also helped with validity, validity rather. So anyways, I would love to hear from you. Have you ever felt like an imposter? Get at me at allmymixedfeelings at gmail.com. So just to summarize my anecdotal experience with minimizing feeling like an imposter is checking yourself in those moments when you do feel like one to validate your own experience and ask yourself that question. 
Do I have the skill set and experience and capability to do this? Another one is physically. So physically maintaining presence and power in a moment with your body. That helps a lot. And also just noting and mentally recording those moments when your contributions are reflected back to you from others. And that can also validate an experience, um, validate your experiences and skill set. So I hope that helps. And yeah, let me know. Have you ever felt like an imposter? And that actually brings us to the listener portion question of the week. And uh, unknowingly, this is courtesy of Hannah as well. Hannah was relaying to me an experience where what do you do? And the question from it basically was, what do you do when you work with someone who doesn't have imposter syndrome? They're straight up an imposter. And that's a really nice way of saying they really suck at their job and they lack the skill set to be good at their job. I can say that I have maybe encountered someone like this. Is someone coming to mind? I don't even know if I've ever met someone who meets that description. But I'm going to take that as a question. How do you handle someone who is actually an imposter at their job? And honestly, you got to wait it out. You just, I, I think you just have to not keep your head down. I'm not a fan of that analogy at all. I don't like the idea of keeping your head down. It's very proletarian, very cog in the machine, you know, very, you know, almost like, I don't know, feudal system. So don't keep your head down and do your work. I think you just have to focus on your work, get it done, understand that you cannot control the other person's lack of initiative, lack of skill set, lack of experience, lack of interest in becoming better at their job, you know, because straight up a lot of people, I imagine, just are comfortable with the status quo and how things are. They're not looking to grow and develop and change. So if you are dealing with an imposter, focus on your own work, um, you know, just accept that they're probably not going to change. And if it's, you know, really impacting your ability to do work I think that that's something that you you can approach your manager about but really coming at it from a perspective of being like problem solving and not naming names I think that you know I'm I'm struggling with the steps in the process here to get this done particularly around I mean they'll be able to read between the lines but particularly around the you know data entry portion of this project do you have any suggestions and they'll be able to i think read between the lines but for the most part i think you just have to focus on your own work get it done and in terms of the frustration find someone to vent to don't go too long because you know gossip has a way of rearing its ugly head in very even uglier ways so find someone to vent to to you know let it out but just blow steam off in other ways um you know go to the gym get yourself a nice lunch and if neither of those work, because those are my solutions, do something else that feels fantastic and let it go. Because remember, you are not defined by your work. It is something that you do to get a paycheck in order to live the more exciting aspects of your life. That is not how I view my job, but sometimes I do think it is important to put into perspective that it is what we do to make money. That is the that is usually the purpose of why we work. And to drive that point home, if someone were to say, what's the first thing you would do if you want $100 million? For a lot of people, it would be, I would quit my job. I wouldn't actually quit my job, but I would start taking it a lot less seriously than I currently do. That doesn't mean that I would slack off, but it means that, hey, 
if I got some feedback in a performance review that indicated there are areas for growth, I might not take it so to heart. For the record, I have rarely had areas for growth that weren't, you know, we want you to expand and grow in this professional area. It's never been negative, like we need you to grow professionally in order to maintain basic competency at your job. I don't know why I just felt the need to really rationalize all of that. So bottom line, we work to make money, but we still doesn't mean we don't love our work. And uh, Hannah, I hope that helps with uh, any imposters that you're dealing with in your work life situation. And as always, we are going to end the show on a funny anecdote slash joke. And I was at a breakfast the other day, like a formal fancy breakfast. John Tory was there. I sat behind him. I felt pretty cool. Not going to lie. I tweeted something and I added him, but he did not retweet me. But that's fine. But I realized, you know those moments when someone ends a speech and there's clapping and one person stands up to give a standing ovation, you're like, oh, God, does this mean I'm going to have to stand up? Or is this going to be this this one person standing up to give the standing ovation? I'm feeling really lazy right now. Do I have to stand up to give the standing? Okay, everyone. Okay, okay. There has been a critical mass, so now I need to myself stand up and be part of the standing ovation. Even though if anybody knew what I was thinking and feeling inside, it would be that I would rather be seated for this 15 seconds of time to recognize and honor someone else. And I just realized how grouchy and grinchy, but secretly delightful that was in that moment that no one knew that I was a begrudging standing ovation in that moment, standing overture in that moment, so to speak. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, let me know. Let me know. Get at me at all my mixed feelings at gmail.com or at Natalie C. Roach. Just use the hashtag mixed feelings so they know that you want me to talk about it on the show. I uh, would love to know if you ever felt like an imposter, if you've ever taken a hiatus from something, or if you have any listener questions, I would be happy to hear from you. And the recommendation for this week, recommendation for this week, is absolutely Queer Eye on Netflix. Check it out. Download it uh, in legal fashion. Um, It is so good. I can't recommend it highly enough. The Fab Five, Just Have My Heart, Jonathan, Bobby, Tan, Anthony, and Karomo. You are phenomenal. And thank you so much for listening. This has been Mixed Feelings. Stay mixed up. Bye.